The third lesson this morning comes from the Gospel according to John, the first chapter, verses 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. How many of us know something about somebody else? I realize this is kind of a difficult question, but I ask it because I want to prove a point. If someone were to ask you if you know something about a person who belongs to a certain political party, what would you say? Of course we know something about anyone who belongs to a particular political party, right? We have some assumptions that we can make about those people. What if I asked you if you know something about anyone who is from a small rural town who does a lot of farming in the middle of nowhere? Almost all of us could at least assume something with some degree of certainty about someone who lives and works in that particular way, right? What if I asked you if you know anything about a person who dresses very nicely in the nicest of suits or the finest of dresses? What might you know about a person who drives a really fancy car or who has the largest of diamonds or lives in the nicest of a home? What might you know about someone who dresses in clothes that are torn apart, tattered, or lives in a rundown home that's falling in on itself? See, we all have these preconceived notions of different people, right? We all think we know everything about anyone just by having a little bit of information about them, right? Have you ever stopped to think about how often and how easily we stereotype people? I took a class when I was at Duke that I wasn't really looking forward to taking. There were several different reasons that I wasn't looking forward to taking this class. I had heard that it required an insane amount of reading and writing, and I found that to be very true. I wrote more and read more in that class than I probably did for all the rest of my classes combined. But I also wasn't looking forward to take this particular class because I didn't see how it was really going to help me every day in my ministry. I thought it was going to be a complete waste of my time doing all of this reading and all of this writing that didn't apply directly to what I was doing. But the biggest reason I did not want to take this class is because it was going to force me to take a look at one of the issues in my life that has continued to be a stumbling block. The only thing that forced me to take this class is that I had to have this class in black church studies in order to be ordained. I thought it was going to be another hoop that I had to jump through, but in jumping through this hoop, I was forced to deal with some of my own demons. And in doing that, I learned something about the way that we as humans view one another. See, most of the time, we don't even realize that we're doing this 
Because the stereotyping that we do has been ingrained into our heads for so long that it shaped the way that we view everything in our world. This particular class dealt with the formation of the racial world. But we also looked at the way that we stereotype and categorize all sorts of people, not just according to race. We looked at how certain people are more approachable or less approachable in a matter of less than a second. We talked about how the way people dress determines whether we treat them better or worse than another person. We talked about how the way a person speaks often determines how seriously we take in the information that they say. What I'm saying is that by taking this class and by doing all of this large amount of reading and thinking and writing and, and questioning the construction of the racial world and the ways that we categorize everyone and everything, I learned that the stereotyping that we do on an everyday basis affects even our theological imagination. It affects the way that we approach people. It affects the way that we approach God. What I mean by this is that we look at someone and, and many of us almost immediately determine that person's worth and ability to be saved based on what they look like or where they come from. I know that sounds harsh, and before you start thinking, I can't believe the preacher just said that I determine someone's ability to be saved just based on what they look like. Let's assume just for a moment that we all do that. This class that I took is probably the most important class that I've ever taken in my life. I did not immediately see the use for this class because it didn't seem as applicable as a class on preaching or a class on church administration or a class on systematic theology. But it was important and continues to be important because it taught me and continues to teach me about the positioning of my heart when I approach another person. The positioning of our heart affects the way that people are going to view us because it affects the way that we treat other people. And ultimately, the positioning of our heart affects the way that others are going to view Christ if we call ourselves Christians. We take in so much information on a daily basis that our brains have to find a way to categorize all of that information. In an effort to become more efficient at doing that, our brains start learning how to stereotype certain things. Our brains take small bits of information, and without us having to really even think about it, begin to place that information into different folders in our minds. And that's something that we naturally do as human beings, so it's not something that is necessarily bad on the face of it. See, the problem occurs when our hearts start stereotyping people. And that stereotyping causes us to treat some people more lovingly than others. Because of the social construct of racism or elitism or whatever you want to call it, our society ends up pushing various people to the fringes where they are either ignored or they're mistreated. We're taught that certain people who look a certain way are dangerous or are not as valuable or to be feared or mistrusted. And so when we encounter these people, we often don't display the niceties that we would with others who fit into the model of what we deem to be good and right and just and trustworthy and honorable. In other words, when we see people who are different than who we are taught are good, we often don't spend any time with them. And the time that we may spend with them isn't good quality time. We don't try to look past the outside shell of who a person is to their hearts we often don't want to understand their hearts because we've been taught that they are not good. I used to spend a lot of time with my grandma when I was a young child. My grandma grew up in a very different time. She didn't trust anyone who didn't look like she did. 
When she would take me shopping, if I would stay with her, she wouldn't let us walk down an aisle if a particular person was on that aisle. She taught me to mistrust and fear people who did not look like me. But this is also the same lady who, before I would go to bed at night, if I stayed at her house, would read me stories from the Bible. And she would teach me that God loves me. She was sending me mixed signals. See, this is the way you should act in public. But this is the book you should read to know that God loves you. And as I got older, I realized that it doesn't make much sense to read about a God who loves the whole world so much that he would send his son to die and to be raised for the whole world and then treat some people as less valuable. My grandma has a good heart. Someone had to teach her to devalue other people. She taught me to mistrust and devalue other people, even without realizing it. People have knowingly or not taught one another to devalue people. This class that I had to take to be ordained to lead God's children was an exercise in me learning why I thought the way I did for so long and in me getting past those issues, and it was tough. But this class was my fill-up. This class was my come-and-see moment. It was what gave me the opportunity to get out from underneath the tree and stop stereotyping people before I ever knew them and walk with the one that I thought I once knew. Philip was excited about finding the Messiah. He was so excited that he had to go tell all of his friends and tell them about this man that he had met. So he runs to Bethsaida. Bethsaida is a little small fishing village. Quiet town, not many people. And this particular afternoon was quiet too. Nathaniel was just resting underneath of this fig tree. He was taking a nap in the shade. Never expected the encounter that he was about to have. Philip comes running up to Nathaniel and tells him that they have found the Messiah and that he has come from Nazareth. Nathaniel can't believe it. He can't believe that the Messiah, the one who had come to put Israel back on top politically and socially, would be coming from Nazareth. Nathaniel explains, can anything good come from Nazareth? Are you sure that someone from Nazareth is the Messiah? Nathaniel was stereotyping. Nathaniel was doing the same thing that over 2,000 years later we find ourselves still doing on a daily basis. He allowed his heart to be influenced by what his eyes had seen and by what his ears had been told for so long about how to value certain people from certain places in a different way. Nathaniel was quite content sitting underneath his fig tree. He thought he was happy waiting for the Messiah who would come from a large and powerful place. How many of us are quite content sitting underneath our own little fig tree, placing certain people in certain places in our minds without ever having spent any time with them? When's the last time you actually went and had a conversation with one of these people that you mistrust or you fear? When's the last time that you learned someone's story who looks different than you or comes from a different place than you come from? You see, Nathaniel wasn't going to believe that anything good could come out of Nazareth until he actually met the one who had come out of Nazareth. His willingness to go and get out from underneath that tree and change his location and life made all the difference in the world. He didn't just move out of the shade of that tree. He stepped out into the light. He allowed himself to be in a location, in a position, to be drawn out of darkness. Nathaniel just needed someone to say, come and see. Nathaniel just needed someone to reach out their hand 
and lead him into the light. Now this is a very important point, so listen closely. Nathaniel was not hit over the head with the Bible and forced into the light. That doesn't work. He was not scolded for thinking that the Messiah could not come from Nazareth. He was not left under that tree to wallow in his small-mindedness. He was offered a hand and a little direction. And Philip, Philip was patient. He didn't see that fussing at Nathaniel was going to do very much good. He didn't think that it was the time to make a good argument on Jesus' behalf to Nathaniel. He did not need to take up for Jesus. You see, Philip was already close to Jesus. He already knew Jesus. He had spent some time with Jesus. He had taken a step to learn about this man from Nazareth. And he knew that if he could just get Nathaniel to step out of his shade and into the presence of the Messiah, Nathaniel's life would be changed forever. Some of us are underneath that shade tree. Some of us have stereotypes that have been built into our hearts, and we need to have them dealt with. We don't necessarily need someone to fuss at us to change our minds. That's not going to work. What we need is for someone to stick out their hand and say, come meet this man who's changed my life. Come meet this man from Nazareth, the one who can bring life to you in a way that you never thought could be brought. We need someone who will encourage us to step out into the light so that we can actually see the face of Jesus instead of just assuming that the face of Jesus looks the way we think it should. If this is you, know that it might be a little scary to take those steps. You need to know that sitting in the plush grass underneath of that tree may be very comfortable. But you won't grow as a Christian if you continue to sit underneath that tree. And you also need to know that Jesus isn't sitting underneath of a tree right now. He's out walking around trying to coax us out from underneath of ours. You need to know that if you're sitting underneath of this tree, and you've been doing that for quite some time, your back and your legs might be a little stiff when you try to get up. Don't let it stop you. You might hear some creaking and popping as you start to stand and step into the light. But as you start moving closer to the risen Christ, you'll find that every step you take comes a little more natural. gets a little bit easier. And the more you walk alongside of God, and the more you walk alongside of His children, the better your muscles are going to move and the easier it will be for you to love God and love your neighbor. All of your neighbors. Your mind will be strengthened. Your spirit will be free and your heart will be open to seeing his image in everyone around you. You'll find that if you get out from underneath that tree and start walking with your God, a lot of those stereotypes that have held your heart in chains for so long will start to fall off. When those chains start falling off of your heart. And that stiffness that comes from sitting still in comfort for so long begins to fade away. You may find that you're no longer in the thing. You may find that you've become Philip. You once thought you knew Jesus. But now that you really do, you can't help but go find all of the Nathaniels under all of those shade trees. So how are we supposed to step out from underneath of this tree so that we can have those chains fall off and become the one who reaches out to others who are sitting in loneliness? We have to start seeing one another as children of God. We have to start seeing one another as people of sacred worth, as people whom God has formed out of the dust and breathed His Holy Spirit into. We have to stop making assumptions about one another. So often we look at one another's outward appearance and assume that if everything looks put together on the outside, that the insides are put together too. 
We assume that our outward appearance is a mirror image of our spiritual health. That's not always the case. But regardless of what the outside looks like, we are all in need of God's grace and love and mercy. Regardless of what the outside looks like, we are all loved by God. When we're allowed, when we can allow that thought to become the one that consumes our life, that we are all loved by God, then we can start stepping out of the shadows. We can start dealing with the issues that cause us to mistreat and misjudge one another. We can learn a lot from Philip and Nathaniel. Do you know someone that you just wish would step out from underneath of that tree? And you've tried everything you can to get them to do it. They just won't do it. Offer them an encounter with Jesus. Offer them a loving encounter with Jesus. Offer them a hand. They may not get up on their own. They may not get up immediately. It might take them a little while. It might cause them some pain and some discomfort to move if they have been there for a long time. And for those of you looking to get out of the shadows, don't be too proud to take your brothers and sisters by the hand so that they might guide you to this God. Look for people who have been walking along the way with Christ. They know how to love. They know how to love. They know what it's like to talk to their brothers and sisters in patience and in kindness. So when you leave here today, examine your heart. Really examine it. Who are the people that you immediately associate with? Who are the people that you're attracted to, the ones that you want to spend your time with? And who are the people that you go out of your way to avoid? Who are the people that you go out of your way to ignore? Who are the people that pass right by without ever catching your eye? Who is your person from Nazareth that you just have a hard time believing has been made in the image of God? Folks, let's shake those chains off of our hearts. And together, let's walk in the light. Amen.